Hey everyone, this is the Love of Cinema podcast. We like to talk movies. If you like to talk movies too, you come to the right place. I used to be ecstatic every time I cut. So I cut Zoya's episodes and I cut most of Nitya's episodes. So all the setup episodes about the first four are mine. And I remember, uh, you know, everyone being very, very uh, uh, detail oriented because it's the, the setup episodes are where we set the tone for the show and for each character because those characters will then their stories will unravel uh, as the show goes on. So these were extremely difficult uh, episodes to cut uh, and to keep a balance uh, uh, between all the characters. So you see that's what I was trying to tell you there is no one specific coming out. Okay. Like even today I'm out publicly I'm out here but but I live in a little village in Goa right where uh, uh my neighbors and people don't uh, necessarily uh, know what the word gay means or you know what my sexuality might really be they know that i live with a man who's a very good friend of mine right so that's another whole coming out so it's that's exactly what i'm trying to explain that coming out is is a lifelong process the first time you come out is you come out to yourself you acknowledge it and you come out to your inner core to your closest friends you know then you come out to your family you know then you come out maybe to colleagues then you come out you know publicly so you you reach a place where as society evolves you know you are able to share with them your truth and your reality Welcome back folks. Welcome to episode 5 of Love of Cinema podcast. This is Himanshu and on this episode we'll be bringing you the second and concluding part of my conversation with writer and editor Apurva Srani. But before that, just a couple of quick notes. First things first. Thank you very much for making the last episode, episode 4, our most downloaded episode so far. I'd like to thank everyone who shared and recommended our podcast. I really appreciate it. I've tried to thank everyone personally who shared their feedback and commented. In case I missed replying to anyone, which I don't believe I did, but nonetheless, if I did, my apologies. Your feedback and support is much much appreciated. With that, let's get on with this week's episode. On last week's episode, we heard Apurva share his journey from Satya to Aligarh. Picking up from where we left off in last episode, starting with Simran. Asrani had intentioned Simran to be a dark comedy about a young flawed woman, almost an anti-heroine, if you will. Along the way, somewhere, it transformed into something different altogether. We'll hear more about that from him. We also chatted about Made in Heaven and how it broke new ground on a number of fronts. He also shared his thoughts on coming out and how it's an ongoing process as the society evolves. 
He also touched on why it's important for influential, closeted names to come out. Lastly, I simply could not wrap up our chat without asking him about a music video from 2000s, which he directed and you might have heard about. Here's a hint. That music video introduced Nimrat Kaur to us, the lovely actress from The Lunchbox. There's a very interesting story behind that video. I think you'll like listening to it. Here's the second and concluding part of my conversation with Apurva Asrani. Now let's move on to um, Simran. And I know you have already spoken a lot about uh, the controversy related to the writing credits and everything. So I don't want to get into that. But I wanted to hear from you, your version of the film or how different was it or what kind of differences were there. So I wanted to get a feel for um, quickly, if you could um, kind of summarize what was the story that you had written. So because uh, that that character is just brilliant. And, um, you know, I can imagine that there must be a great story woven around that character. And um, the film that we saw was great, but you could tell that it was kind of uh, a little half, um, you know, it was half baked at the end of the day. So uh, to be honest, and I thought that, you know, perhaps that was not your vision. You had written something else. So could you tell us uh, what was the crux of your version? It's so difficult to separate, you know, because, I mean, when you, when you look at the film, you're watching a scene and that's a character you wrote and that's a choice that she's making. But then she goes and does something completely different that is uh, not part of the character. So it's it's all mixed there to be able to separate it. But if I mm. were to pinpoint a vision and I point, point out the fundamental difference between the two versions, the version mm. that... Uh, one, you know, uh, dreamed of or, or visualized and wrote and what we saw on screen was I, I wrote a film about a really flawed character. I, I again, like, you know, with Ali Gurd, I had been tired of the whole stereotyping of gay men, right? Uh, and I wanted to break that. With Simran, I was tired of the stereotyping of the Indian heroine. For some reason, we always want to write our heroines or we wanted to see our heroines in the mold of Sati Savitri, Sita, pure, sacrificing, kind, benevolent, generous, right? And very idealistic and very, very idealistic. Kind of, yeah, That's yeah. where it comes from, you know, Mata and, you know, uh, you know, she's a goddess <laughs> and, and all of that. You know, and I, I really feel, Himanshu, that a lot of crimes against women and a, and a big reason That's why a good point. Yeah. Yeah. treat so badly in society is because if they don't fit that projection that Certainly we you're a bad have woman. created yeah. of her, those yeah. images those that we men have painted of her, right, of her being this particular kind of a, uh, you know, pure and pious goddess, then we drop her to the ground and we character assassinate her. Then she is worthless. Then she's a criminal. Then she's evil. If she smokes, if she drinks, if she has sex. I mean, I know these are superficial things. But, you know, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. So I I was just like, why is it okay for us to accept our men being dark characters? Oh, he played the anti-hero, you know, and oh, he was wonderful. Shah Rukh Khan made a career of playing the anti-hero, right? But how many women can you count who have become huge stars playing the anti-heroine. There's very few. Your examples are Mother India and films like that. 
you know <laughs> of, no and, and that's a huge tragedy for society it's a huge tragedy yeah. so so in 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 simran i thought there was the opportunity to write a character who fucked up who fucked up big time right and she fucked up because she was ambitious she was trying to get out of where she was you know and she found this magical world in vegas where she could gamble where she could make money where she could buy clothes where she could get attention from people uh and she started to enjoy it and there's there's no crime there yet but then when she starts to lose money you know her ego and her her greed gets the bigger of her and she thinks that she did it before she can do it again right right and then she goes on borrowing money trying to win big and she ends up losing everything right now she owes money to the mob you know and there is absolutely no uh, way she in her capacity she can return that money right and they 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 put a gun to her head so she decides you know to rob banks now how do you rob banks in the us if you if you look at most of the bank robberies that have occurred there these are not bank robberies that have uh taken place with major planning and colluding with the uh, different forces and you know uh it's not an ocean's 11 and that kind of right but most of them are like amateur crimes they are very amateur crimes right there there is you have you have a lot of drive 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 through uh, uh banks uh, you know where the tellers uh, uh, uh you know uh, inside the banks hardly get any footfalls you know there are banks which you know uh a uh, a uh, very easy uh, uh, you know they, they hardly got anybody inside of them right because people are using the the drive through uh, uh, tellers are driving through so you can go in and you can kind of uh, pretty easy targets yeah pretty easy targets plus they you know you know the law there if, i mean what what the uh, banks they have a policy that if if they if they fear a robbery or an armed attack right they are instructed to just give everything because they they've done the calculation they've done the math you know it's 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 better that we lose this amount than to have a a, a, a you know a, an injury a gunshot or a gun wound or a death Absolutely. the liability is much bigger the liability is much more so yeah. a lot of crimes are committed by by a mere passing of a note saying that you know either i have a gun or i have a bomb and give me the money right so so this girl is committing these crimes now of course in my script i mean it's not as easy as you just walking into any bank and doing boom and getting the money you know there is a certain kind of a research which are the banks that don't have much footfall which are the banks on highways and far away from the city and that kind of a thing what what time is the guard on duty what time is the guard changed so there's various things that you know ha- has gone into the research the problem with the difference i i won't get into negatives the difference in the version that you see and in the version that was written is that in in the the film version that we saw they tried to make simran a hero they tried to make simran someone who was almost glorified who was uh uh it, it was so enjoyable that was it was almost fun uh her robberies her uh you know uh, a bank teller falling getting a heart attack while she is robbing a bank and all of these things you try to make this comedy 
you know. So that that kind of takes away from the flawed aspect of the character. That, that, that was the very crux that you had uh, yeah, imagined. You're, you're also sermonizing to your lover about why you're doing this and about how you're doing this for a certain cause and a reason and you're trapped and you want to get out. There's too much self-awareness. Right, right. In this version. The, 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 the Simran that, 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 that I wrote was a much younger character, younger in her mind, younger in her, far more immature, right? Somebody who didn't stop to think, somebody who was just, you know, catapulted from one to the other to the other, right? And, and at, at no point was I trying to uh, evoke sympathy for her. You know that that you know, uh, poor thing. She's going through this, and you know, and if if you feel it, if you look at her age, and if you see her circumstances, and you feel like she fucked up, and then she realizes that she fucked up, and that was enough, right? I think the problem was in when we saw this heroine on screen, this beautiful, well-spoken, uh, you know, talented, loving girl but who did all of these things. And I think those two stood in absolute conflict with each other. I think I think the story that I wrote was a far more, far grittier, far more, it was enjoyable in its own way because it was never a heavy, heavy story. But her journey was a journey of a girl who screwed up and paid the price and never meant to be a hero. And according to me, and you know, I'm too attached to the film to ever really have the most correct perspective, but I think this is where, this is the big difference between the two versions. Hmm. Yeah, so it pra- they practically made a, like a regular comedy from a dark comedy, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's almost like a laugh out loud comedy from a dark comedy. They try, to make, they try to make a commercial film. I think they try to say that, you know what, let's go out there and make another queen. Right. And I loved Queen. Queen was an extremely enjoyable film. And, and I think she's she awesome she, film. Yeah, she's, an, she's a very talented actor. You know, there's, there's no question that everybody knows that. So, yes. But but this story, you have to look at the DNA of a story. Right. Does the DNA of the story support, you know, a, a, a hugely mounted big budget commercial film? Is it going to find the Queen audience? The, the, the Queen story in its DNA only evoked sympathy for Rani. Her, her, her groom left her just before her, uh, you know, her wedding and she had to go on a honeymoon uh, on her own, right? Now she's trying to pick up the pieces and find her confidence and trying, trying to live life. In the DNA of the story itself, it lends itself to a popular warm, fuzzy, feel-good film. Well, when you take the story of Simran, which is actually based on true incidents, and you try and uh, make it that film, make it a queen, I think uh, you're, you're, you are doing injustice to your uh, uh, source material. And, and I think that's what ultimately showed. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm just imagining uh, the film that it could have been and because the character is so brilliant. And like you said, Kangana is a solid actor. But I think they just lost the whole um, plot, the whole idea of the, yeah, I mean, the it, very DNA of the film. Like you It's said. an experiment gone wrong. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. at the end of the it's day. It's a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah if, things, if things weren't handled in, in, in the messy manner that they were handled, I think, you know, one would even forgive this kind of a experiment because it's a, that's what cinema is. You, 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 you hit some, I mean, you miss some, right? But, but right. what 
in the tradition of the films that we were doing, uh, there was Shahid, there was City Lights, there was Aligarh, and then there was Simran. If the film had continued in this tradition, right, then I feel like it would have been a far more honest film. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, Made in Heaven now. Now, I understand that you were um, an editor on this, but did you were you also a consultant on the writing part? No, I wasn't. I was okay, okay. But this is a great show, by the way, and I think we all agree that this is a show um, that's going to be remembered um, in the years to come for its uh, realistic depiction of urban gay life. Um, and uh, what, what do you think about that? I mean, uh, you know, um, I as a straight man can only imagine. But um, but do you do you do you think they did a good job of um, showing urban gay life? Oh my God! And how? <laughs> yeah. And how? I mean, every time it's right from the time when I was given the script to read, and Zoe asked me for my feedback. I mean, this is the first thing that I said. I said thank you to her. I said thank you. Right. To you and to your writers, to Alamkrita, to Rima, to all of you, uh, for getting it so right. This is my life. This right. is this is these are my challenges. Uh, this is the language I speak. This is how I date. Uh, this is my sexual life. This is my fear of my neighbors. This is my fear of getting caught. Uh, this is me fearing that my work will get affected if my sexuality is exposed uh, and and just you know little little things uh, you know the friends the gay friends the gay bar the uh, the conversation the conversation about 377 that Karan is having earlier on with uh, you know the Spanish guy that he goes out on a date with and he's very like oh you know what it's all good We've learned to deal with it. It really doesn't affect us and we carry on with our lives. And this is exactly what I was saying, right? Till it really hits you in the bum, you know, and right, and, right. and hard, you know, and uh, you don't know what hit you. And then suddenly you realize, uh, you know, how, how fucked up this whole thing is. Um, so Made in Heaven, I mean, um, uh, you know, and they, 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 one of the reasons, and Zoya told me this, uh, you know, the, they wanted me on the show is because I had done Aligarh, and uh, you know, they had loved Aligarh. And uh, if you notice, uh, the the issue uh, in Maiden Heaven is not so unlike what Professor Siras went through in Aligarh. Uh, he was a absolutely. It's just a different oh. setting, but the same uh, same problems. Yeah. yeah. Who who uh, uh, is is in the privacy of his house has been invaded while he's having an intimate moment with another man and somebody has video recorded this you know and has exposed him and and the man is harangued by the law uh, and he fights it and he emerges victorious uh, but Zoya's take uh, and Rima's take and Alantita's take was a far more uh, was taking it ahead taking it a step ahead. Uh, where where Karan is able to pick up the pieces and he has a support structure around him, uh, you know, and uh, uh, in his best friend. Uh, and uh, I thought that relationship was so bang on, you know, because uh, the, every gay man, behind every gay man is a fag hag. <laughs> like behind every successful gay man is a good fag hag. <laughs> and it's true. There is always a woman uh, a best friend, um, you know, who is your, uh, you know, your bouncing board, somebody who you share your 
you know most feelings with somebody you're confident yeah you're confident you can but the relationship is so beautiful because you can hold each other and hug each other and you know you can put your head on her bosom and it's not sexual and it's so pure you know and it's just love and they got that so well i mean i just those scenes between the two of them i just I just cried. Yeah, they did a great job. You know, this uh, show really reminded me of uh, Parting Glances. I'm sure you've seen that film. No, I haven't. It's a uh, it's an, a small indie film that came out in 1986, and it's one of uh, Steve Buscemi's early films. But uh, it that film is known essentially for breaking ground um, about the anguish of the AIDS um, epidemic in the gay community during uh, 80s in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and this i thought this show does something very similar i mean it's not about the aids um, epidemic but what it does is that it presents the anguish of the social stigma perhaps as part of the larger um, social fabric of the larger social indian fabric mm-hmm. you know and i thought it was very similar in um, that sense to parting glances yeah i must i must catch it Yeah definitely watch it it's a great film it's a, it's a small film it might be difficult to seek out but uh, definitely seek it out it's it's a great film yeah i mean and so much more than just you know uh karan's character and the gay character i mean i thought i thought the women in particular uh were uh, presented and uh, you know narrated in a manner that we haven't seen before in yes popular media you know yes uh they weren't empowered for the sake of it you know they weren't doing all the superficial uh uh you know empowerment uh, gags and tricks and stuff like that you know they need to be uh, sexually satisfied uh, you know they need to and they're real women right i mean that's for uh, like real people yeah they they're real people and they're flawed that's again that's that's taking that whole what i wanted to do with simran you know is is what they have done so well with these women they're all flawed even jazz that that girl uh you know uh as well meaning and as uh, innocent as she might be and she screws up over and over again you know every single character in yes. his novel you know i think there was a great um, angle with current's um, parents as well that was very nicely done too yeah 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 and they, they flipped that whole uh, stereotype of the father being the father. yeah can't relate to and uh, in fact they flipped a lot of stereotypes uh you know um i used to be uh, ecstatic every time i cut so i cut zoya's episodes and i cut most of nitya's episodes so all the setup episodes mm-hmm. about the first four are mine and i remember uh, you know everyone being very very uh, uh, detail oriented because it's the, the setup episodes are where we set the tone for the show and for each character because those characters will then their stories will unravel uh, as the show goes on so these were extremely difficult uh, episodes to cut uh, and to keep a balance uh, uh, between all the characters and 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 i remember uh, particularly the scenes with um um what's um the the, the neighbor's character landlord's character uh uh vinay apte right Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Vinay Patak. Yeah. Yeah. So Vinay Patak's character, and I remember that, uh, you know, uh, the tone that we found in those scenes, the humor, uh, uh, and the 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 warmth of the piece, covering up the uh, actual darkness that lurks behind 
uh, that character and what's that character, right? Yeah. You know, and I found that that was actually the the tone for the entire series because that's actually what's going. You have all these weddings, these glitzy, uh, over the top, uh, feel good weddings, you know, but lurking behind these weddings is the actual darkness of the human mind and of uh, you know uh, misused traditions and uh, you know uh, all these fuck ups. You right, know? right. Right. So, I mean, it's beautifully titled as well. I mean, it's it's a cynical um, kind of ironical title that uh, made in heaven. So it's, um, it's yeah that that's there too. All that glitters is not gold. I mean, that's the that's the thought. Yes, yes. Vinay Patek's uh, character was great. I must say that, and and he did a stellar job, oh, like did. always. Um, he's just a solid actor, and uh, even the dynamic between his wife and um, him, it was just uh, nicely shown. Yeah, yeah, very nicely done. Very, very nicely done. And I, I like the way characters uh, are almost redeemed, but not redeemed. You know, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, they 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 show you that each character is rounded out, and each character at the end of the day is basically saying that, "Hey, listen, I'm sorry, I'm just human." He's not saying I did this because of that, and therefore I need to be redeemed. You know, it just tells you that this is human nature. Yep, and redemption is hard to come by. Redemption is hard to come by. Yeah. And um, lastly, Purva, I wanted to um, touch upon your role as um, I know you have been a long-time crusader for LGBTQ rights, and also and pretty early uh, openly gay member of the film fraternity. Um, do you mind if I ask you what, when was it exactly that uh, you uh, self-disclosed uh, your sexuality? You know, there's no one closet that one needs to come out of there are several right. things, you know so right from the time when i was i don't know in my because i read somewhere maybe you had tweeted about it that you blogged about it some a uh, while back right what 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 was it sorry Adam. Um, I thought I, I saw one of your tweets where you said that, you know, one day you just had it and you blogged about it or, um, you know, essentially out uh, you put it out in the public domain. So, so I, I put it out on the public domain when I was live on television with Barkhadat uh, in 2016 when I was there with the Aligarh team. Oh, and wow. So that was the very first time. Huh? Yeah, it was publicly. But... When I myself have said it in 2010, when I was on the sh- the, the the news bulletin where Professor Cyrus had died, uh, uh, a newscaster outed me without my permission. Uh, in and I I think the intention was very clean. She just assumed that I uh, was already publicly out because I'm out. I was out to my friends, to my family, and also to my fraternity to a great extent. The people I worked with, I had it. Over years, I had started to bring my partner out, you know, uh, uh, bring him to events and things like that. So, so you see, that's what I was trying to tell you. There is no one specific coming out. Okay. Like even today, I'm out publicly. I'm out here, but but I live in a little village in Goa, right? Where uh, uh, my neighbors and people don't uh, necessarily. Uh, know what the word gay means or you know what my sexuality might really be they know that I live with a man who's a very good friend of mine right so that's another whole coming out so it's that's exactly what I'm trying to explain that coming out is is a lifelong process the first time you come out is you come out to yourself you acknowledge it 
Then you come out sure. to your inner coterie, your closest friends, you know. Then you come out to your family, you know. Then you come out maybe to colleagues. Then you come out, you know, publicly. So you, you reach a place where as society evolves, you know, you are able to share with them your truth and your reality. So by the time I was, uh, so when I, when I wrote Aligarh, and there I was talking about Aligarh and talking about what the story meant to me, there was no way that I could talk about it as, as, as an assumed straight man. That would just be dishonest. Because, because it, Aligarh had become far more than a film uh, for most of us and for me especially. Uh, it was finally uh, what I wanted to say to the world. And, and, and it, it, was, it was an attempt to communicate with society at large you know, uh, that you are being ignorant, you are being hateful, you are being cruel, right? And I couldn't separate my personal voice from the voice of the film uh, when I talked about it. And I think at that point in time, I think three years ago is when I actually came out uh, publicly. And it's still, let me tell you, Himanshu, that there are probably three people in the film industry who are out, three men. I know, I know there's Oni, there's me, and I'm trying to think about who the other film person is. Do you, do you, do you know any, any other out? Is, is, uh, is, is this somebody uh, that uh, I would know? I mean, is, is this like... I, don't uh, know. I keep feeling there is somebody, but I'm not, I'm not sure if... if uh, See, that, that's my whole thing, right? My next question to you was going to be, you know, it, it, it means a lot for an influential voice like yours to openly disclose right and uh, i mean god knows there are so many people in bollywood or in any walk of life right and what would it take for some other big names in bollywood to follow suit you know because um because I, you, we got to think like you know what kind of a watershed moment that might be especially for young um gay folk you know who really look up to influential voices and they're like literally struggling i mean they're you know um they're in those uh, prisons that we have been talking about Yep, it's 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 crucial that you know uh, uh, well-known personalities, people with cloud, people with power, start coming out. It's happening right. in other industries. You know, the head of industry. And 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 I get the feeling that it's it's some um, some sort of an open secret, but still, you know, it's not it's not uh, self-disclosed. I think I think you know, talking about closets, I think there are a lot of filmmakers who are. Out of, like I told you, some closets, but not right. out of. Uh, the like closet. you said, it's a it's a it's a process. You need it's to keep process. on. Yeah. So so, but but Bollywood as an industry itself protects its own and protects its secrets. So so people within the fraternity will know who is gay and who is sleeping with whom, and uh, you know uh, uh, all all of these things, but. But not only will they not disclose it out of respect and, uh, uh, you know, uh, association with that person, but they will also uh, uh, ostracize anybody who attempts to uh, not only uh, challenge somebody else's sexuality, which uh, a lot of people uh, try and do, and provoke people to come out, but they will actually ostracize people who themselves are out there. And who who wear their sexuality on their sleeve, who talk about it, 
there Wait, is what, what, what do you mean? Why is that? It is, there's a fear of association. There's a fear of association. There's a fear that because because this person is living his life truthfully, that my truth will also be out there along with his truth. Uh, say, for example, there is a filmmaker who is closeted and gay and is a friend of mine, but he will not be seen hanging out with me or associated closely with me for fear of the fact that he will also be uh, seen as gay. And there will be speculation about his own uh, sexuality because of the fact that I am out there and I'm gay. They also keep trying to tell us. So I'm, I'm in touch with a lot of uh, gay men. There are so many, so many gay men in this film industry. And I'm in touch with them for many years. Uh, uh, and they know I know and I know, uh, you know, I mean, of course, they know about me. Uh, and I, I keep getting advice from them from time to time. Why do you have to talk about it? Why do you have to, uh, why do you have to let it be your identity? You know, uh, why is it anybody else's business? What you do, go do it in the privacy of, them. I keep getting this, you know, this advice from them as if, you know, I'm out there, uh, exposing myself, uh, for no reason and, uh, putting myself, it's, it's very, diff it's, it's not easy to expose yourself like this. Himanshu, it's very, uh, right, right. you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to so many unseen forces, you know, and people are very quick to judge you and slot you, uh, you know, uh, and uh, stereotype you, you know, and it it can get very uncomfortable. Like I, I was called, uh, you know, there's a friend I used to hang out with many years ago and, uh, you know, she had a housewarming party and she called me and my partner uh, to a housewarming party and we were uh, mingling with her friends and I overheard her telling one of her friends, you know, this is Apurva Aswani and this is his partner and they are gays. They are gays, huh? You know, so it was almost like we were ticking a box. You know, we were ticking a box. Mm -hmm. yeah, see how cool I am. I have filmmaker friends. I have these friends. I have someone who's, you know, uh, like in America, it would be somebody who's black, somebody who's this, you know, and, and here's uh, somebody who's gay and he's on my friends list. So it's, it's, a, and it's all like, the while their true self being really regressive. Man. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you, 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 you end up being this cardboard character that's just floating around in the eyes of people who are ticking a box, you know. So I understand that it comes with its share of, uh, you know, uh, stress and heartbreak and, you know, all of those things. But it is extremely liberating for your own self, number one. It is something that uh, definitely affects your art. It brings an authenticity to your art and your craft, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, because if you're constantly lying about yourself and you're building up this facade and painting this picture, then your art will also be that kind of that kind of art. You're going to be painting fantasies and fantasy pictures, which are not, which are trying to evade the truth as opposed to come close to it. It's going to be fake, right? It's going to be fake, you know. And then also there's the additional uh, benefit of you coming out and, you know, you, uh, uh, you know, leading, uh, you know, uh, uh, by example, you know, by uh, uh, affecting young people, like you said, you know, who are, uh, people are killing themselves as we speak. They're being forced into marriages. They're being forcibly converted 
they're trying to convert them to be gay. Exactly. That that's what I was trying to get to. I mean, the the kind of um, help that this would be for those young folk. Yeah, you know, and which is which is one of the reasons I am so proud to be associated with uh, with with Made in Heaven as well. You know, it's it's not that you know I'm uh, I'm I'm a writer of the show or I'm one of the creators of the show. Just by association of me being an out gay man, you know, and me being attached to this show, you know within the whole community it means something it means something when they reach out to me you know and they thank me you know and i take thanks and i keep telling them this is created by these people these wonderful women but i take those thanks from them and i talk to them about it because that's what happened after aligarh as well after aligarh my inbox has been flooded whether it is my instagram whether it is my email whether it is my facebook whether it is my twi- twitter because people will only have these conversations in inboxes and not publicly telling me about how difficult it is with their parents what they are going through how they are dying to come out but they fear that it will kill their parents and they don't want to be responsible for the death of their parents we are very dramatic people indian people parents do full drama you know and the yeah <laughs> we we know this so so they will live a lie because of that and they don't know who to talk to so when they find someone like me out there and when they find that i've done an ali gird i've done a maiden heaven they are grateful they are happy they are celebrating they are jubilant because they are able to share this these these films and these this series with their family they are able to watch it with them they able to the parents are able to see that these are not some freaks of nature right that they are they are being awarded respect in our popular culture right that these characters have stories so and that's me i'm a, i'm i'm an editor and and a writer of offbeat cinema there's only that much that far my 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 reach is you know my popularity is can you imagine a big filmmaker a big actor a big producer coming out and saying that this is me you know and and i'm here and i'm living my life openly so that you can you know talk to you i'm here in in goa i have a friend who's a well known designer named wendel rodricks mm-hmm. wendel is a padmashri and wendel yes, rodricks yes. is an out gay man who's lived with his partner jerome for 36 years they're married they live their life lives openly there was a friend of ours a common friend a 30 year old catholic boy who was really afraid to come out to his mother because his mother is a very god fearing person and he was so so afraid one day over carrom board and vodka wendel and i told him you know that this is the most we, we talked to him we gave him the whole talk and encouraged him to come out and said that we'll be there for you and wendel said to him he said do you as your mother know who i am she said of course everybody in goa knows who you are everybody knows who you are she says tell your mother that wendel will come and talk to you that wendel will come and explain to you how normal it is just tell your mother that that wendel is your friend within 3 days he came out to his mother and he told his mother exactly this that you know wendel wants to come and meet you and whatever so wendel will come to our house he'll come to our house are you sure right. are you right now can you imagine how many lives this man by being out is being able to affect and liberate he's taking the the gift of fame and the gift of success these are gifts everybody does not get them some people inherit them because their fathers had it and whatever you have this gift in your hand 
right? You have the ability to be able to touch and change lives. But you don't use it. But you use it for yourself, just for your selfish need. And to compound these stupid ideas and these, these, these uh, you know, regressive ideas that just fit into the whole popular idiom. And you make your money and you make your millions and you go and make your next film. That's unfair. And I, I really hope and pray that over the next few years that filmmakers, that famous people find the courage like Radhika Piramal of VIP Industries has done, like Keshav Suri of Lalit Group of Hotels has done. You know, there are there are so many people from other industries who are doing it. Right, they, right. I really think. Yeah, that. yeah. I think Bollywood is definitely uh, lagging behind here because um, uh, God knows, I mean, they're, they're uh, you know, big names. Uh, it's pretty much an open secret. But, um, you know, we can't judge either. I mean, um, yeah, you know, I can't sit here and say that. Why are they not coming out? I mean, everybody has their own um, struggle and battles that they're fighting. So but uh, given the fact that given the example that you just cited of, uh, you know, Wendell Roderick's going to that kid's mother and talking and she suddenly being um, fine with it. You know, I can only imagine how many, you know, young kids in India there must be, you know, who would wish that, uh, you know, somebody would come talk to their parents like that. Yep, true. I can't let you go without talking about Tera um, Mera Pyar. Ah. <laughs> so glad a song that is catchy as hell and <laughs> heck of a teen romance pop song and i hate to admit it but i still like it and i still listen to it why do you hate to admit it it's, <laughs> it's such a pure innocent piece of work in every for, way for somebody in his late 30s uh still <laughs> listening to that song you know it's it's my you know my wife is sometimes saying yeah you, you know i it's okay to listen to it once in a while but you really like it don't you <laughs> Uh, it's it's still it's still uh, popular. I, I keep hearing. It's a great song and it has a great guitar hook. Um, can can you tell uh, tell us the story behind that uh, real quickly? Well, I didn't make the song. Not as right, a guitar. Right. What do you want to know from me? <laughs> no, I mean just uh, I, I think that was uh, Nimrat Kaur's uh, debut as well, right? Yeah. So I made the video. If, if, right. Uh, right. You want to know about. Um, so I made the video. It was it, it was for Sony. Were music. you making music videos before that as well? You know, I directed uh, television. You know, we were we were at right. that right. satellite Mentioned television that. boomed, and we had all these one-offs. One, you know, one-hour stories, and horror was my genre. So I was making uh, things for Sony and Sub TV called Cough, uh, uh, which were these one-hour horror episodes that I used to write, produce, and direct. So I had this experience. Uh, uh, directing and uh, I always enjoyed it and uh, 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 Sony Music had uh, why why I don't remember I think I had done something for a theater production in uh, the United in London uh, which was uh, a unique production where they had um, uh, merged live action with pre-filmed uh, cinema se uh, pre-filmed sequences on a screen behind Interesting. So, so like, you know, like you have the reduced Shakespeare company that where six actors play the entire right, part. Right. Play. Yes. This was called, this was like the reduced Bollywood company where they, they did <laughs> Hindi film spoof. They did a Hindi film spoof called uh, Bollywood Yet Another, Yet Another, Yet Another Love Story. 
and um, which had all the tropes and all the stereotypes uh, spoofed with affection. And so uh, when, when the song sequences came up, suddenly on the screen behind, the screen behind lit up, and you had Film City uh, sets, and you had 20 backing dancers in full saris and costumes dancing. And it was uh, uh, instant karma's music that we had got. That was Shankar Asan's Lois. Right. Bollywood remixes. And I had shot, directed, I had directed and edited all of those. Uh, and that belonged to Sony, uh, which was the label. Uh, so they had seen that and they had uh, approached me to direct uh, uh, the music videos for Tera Mera Pyar, this album by Partners in Rhyme that had done Chandni Rate and stuff before that. Um so there were there, there, there were two songs that they wanted me to make videos of. Um, uh, Tera Mera Pyar, the one they were talking about. And uh, the other one was Ye Kya Hua by Shreya Ghosal. Uh, so the, uh, uh, I, I kind of worked out, uh, I created a theme uh, for these because I found that they were, they were filmy, yet they were pop. Uh, so we had to embrace the whole filmy Bollywood aspect of it. Uh, sure. So I came up with a theme uh, called Romance at the Movies, uh, which is basically about how in India you don't have space to uh, romance. Uh, you know, you live in apartments with your parents and you're not allowed to go out there and, you know, romance your girlfriend. So where do you do it? You bunk college, you go to the theater and you hold hands and, you know, you kiss and you whisper sweet nothings while films play. Right. So that, right. that's a tradition that's big. So I, I kind of my theme was centered around that. So my, my first video was actually a tribute to my parents uh, because that's how they met. My parents met. Oh in, wow! Okay. In in in, in seventy six uh, in Bangalore uh, when Shole released. This is so filmy. And yeah, what a story! Yeah. <laughs> by my 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 uh, you know, it's exactly the story of the video. My mom was a Bangalore girl uh, who was there with her girlfriends to watch Shole and Shole had become this humongous hit and she was in the front of the ticket window and my dad who had gone to visit his brother my dad's a Bombay boy who went to visit his brother in Bangalore uh, had nothing to do and went to the cinema and realized there's this huge queue and he's not going to get a ticket right so he wanders asking people and people are like oh, I'm getting a ticket or whatever and he goes to the prettiest girl in in that queue who was my mom uh, my mom's still the prettiest girl in any queue. And he went up to my mom and he asked her if she will buy an extra ticket for him. And my mom, being as gracious as she always is, she said yes. And uh, they ended up sitting next to each other. And my mom's a South Indian girl who could not understand Hindi very well. And so my dad ended up translating a lot of the film to her. And uh, when uh, Amitabh died, my mother cried. <laughs> and uh, consoled her, and that was it. Yeah. And, uh, oh, was, that's interesting. So it's a tribute to your parents' uh, love story. It's exactly that. My I didn't know that. The popcorn was my addition. That's as original as I am. The throwing of the popcorn at the end of the video. Uh, <laughs> everything else is taken from real life. <laughs> that's great. What a great story. I'm glad I asked you that. Thank you. And yeah, Nimrat was... And was, by the way, great was, iconic song. And like I said, I still listen to it. And it's, it's. I mean, talk about a year worm, right? I mean, it just refuses to <laughs> live your head. Yeah. And then we were very lucked out to find Nimrat, actually, because uh, uh, a close friend of mine, uh, a journalist at the time, uh, introduced me. Rajiv Masan had introduced me to uh, uh, 
uh, Nimrat who hadn't done uh, any work in Bombay. She just moved to Bombay, I think, or was moving to Bombay. I think she had done an I see. I see. She came on board and she had all the Adas and all the Nakras completely ready for a big screen heroine. And uh, my mom did her hair and makeup. My mom's a stylist. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. There is a great story there, Apurva. You got to write a blog or something about this. I mean, now that we have this on the podcast. This is, this is out there. That's more than enough, I think. <laughs> you know, writing it himself as opposed to writing it now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, just a few uh, miscellaneous hodgepodge uh, questions I got for you. Um, any film show uh, <clears throat> that you would like to recommend on the merits of how well it has been cut? How well it has been cut? Any anywhere in the world? Any? Or? Anything? Uh, and uh, uh, rather more something recently that you would have watched, hmm. which yeah, you admired sure. as an editor. Um, you know, in the capacity of editor, you really thought that it was a um, you know brilliant job or a great job. You know, whenever I'm asked favorite film, favorite this film, that I completely blank out. <laughs> okay, I, that's the, fine. The moment I disconnect your call, there'll be 30 that will just suddenly... Uh, Even if you can think of a classic film, like from something from the past. Well, films that have been an inspiration to me, I will always uh, remember. You know, like, for example, there's a film called Reincarnation of Peter Proud. Um, yes. Which I thought was exceptionally cut, very evocative. Um, yes. I loved, loved, loved that film. I thought Kubrick cut his films very well. Oh, absolutely. Master. Just, uh, um, yeah. It's shiny, though, and it doesn't, uh, you know, draw attention to its edit, I thought was masterfully cut. Um, yes. Um, uh, Kurosawa. Kurosawa was uh, wonderful. Throne of Blood is a brilliantly, brilliantly cut film. Uh, Something uh, uh, closer to home in Hindi or um, any of the regional languages? Anything you can think of? Tommy, I'm getting there. I was I was about to go to Ray and tell you about. Oh, I'm sorry. Gopiga and Bhagabayan. Yeah, Bhagabayan. I can't pronounce it. Gopiga and Bhagabayan. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So so that that was a brilliantly cut film. I thought uh, uh, LSD Dibakar Banerjee's film was wonderfully cut. Um, who, who cut that? Do you uh, do you remember? Namrata Rao. Namrata Rao. Okay. Cut um then there was i th- i like andhadhun i thought was nicely cut absolutely uh, i totally agree with you yeah in fact andhadhun also very interesting uh, he collaborates with uh, puja lada shurti who uh, uh is his editor and his writer co-writer right correct yeah 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 so i find that uh, you know most of the films i think uh, you know she gets it so right on the editing table because i think she's also uh, worked on the script right uh, yes, yes. That, 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 that's a very special thing. Like, I mean, you on uh, Aligarh or like uh, Puja, I think that the, that really lends itself a different angle to it, to the narrative and to the yeah, flow. Yeah, I thought I thought Tumbad was beautifully cut. Tumbad um, was tremendous. I love that film. But, yeah. but wonderful, wonderful, wonderful film. I think uh, one of my favorites. Uh, Absolutely. In, in the longest time. Um, beautifully cut. Um, uh, and uh, what else has been out recently? Any shows? Any streaming shows? Any television shows? Mindhunter was a great, great edit. Oh, Mindhunter was good, yeah. Very nicely. Very smooth. Very smooth. That's Fincher, right? So, yes. yeah. Um, great. Yeah, well, 
That's as far as my mind will go right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a piece of advice you would give uh, to a younger um, Apurvas Rani. To a younger Apurvas Rani. <laughs> Let's say 18-year-old Apurvas Rani. I am still 18 years old in my head, yeah. <laughs> the advice I give <laughs> so, so what what's piece of advice you would give to yourself today? <laughs> Grow up, Apurva. <laughs> no, uh, what advice would I give? an 18 year old apurva ah uh, don't look for validation outside of yourself just keep doing what you love that's so great advice yeah may or may not get it. you're young yeah, you're always looking for validation yeah not just we are very older also you're looking all of us that's, that's true yeah for validation Absolutely. you know so many times like for example you know imanchu uh tera mera pyar i'm getting more love for it today then i got for it in 2005 or 2006 <laughs> right so, so i did it nobody knew i did it then nobody no, nobody knows about my uh, uh, you know uh, work on uh, the show studio project editing fashion which i thought was you know wonderful so i i used to it, it used to pain me in those days you know right. Uh, right. that it's not getting the love and response that uh, but you know eventually you know you know things always find their place and i think so yeah and now especially with you know the web and every um, social media i mean it's just yeah. a matter of time if if there is good work out there it's going to be discovered yeah. yeah that's the advice yeah just great great and lastly a piece of advice for an upcoming um editor oh yeah you're giving advice to other people something um, that you have learned over the years Yeah, I think an editor needs to be able to put his or her foot down, not be afraid to uh, stand their ground, to to follow follow one's instincts and to fight for it. Uh, it's very very important because otherwise you end up being a cutter and joiner, and uh, a lot of filmmakers are very attached to what they originally dreamed. or believed to be the film uh and you know very often the rushes uh don't really support that but they can't see it yet um your edit is will be able to give it a spin and to narrate it and find new angles to it and new layers discover new layers and you should have the confidence to do that and to make your case and to argue your case but ultimately it's the director's film and you know but but you must make your case and not end up being a cutter and joiner right great so you got to stand your ground and you got to be stubborn sometimes yep you got to <laughs> that was great apurva thanks a lot thanks a lot for um talking to us and thanks a lot for opening up your heart on a lot of issues that um we covered on so i really appreciate that you're most welcome lovely talking to you imanshu That was the concluding part of my chat with Apurva Sarani. Like I said before, Satya and Aligarh are two of my favorites. It was great chatting with someone who's been closely associated with both those films. Hope you liked it. Next week, I'll be bringing you another interesting chat. Don't forget to tune in again next week. Our podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Please do subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. Also, 
do drop us a review when you get a minute. You can follow me on Twitter at loveofcinemasf8 for podcast-related updates. See you next week, folks. This is Imanshi, and thank you for listening to the Love of Cinema podcast.